What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs. This is your hobby content alternative, and I am your host, Brett McGrath. Welcome to a podcast about collecting sports cards. Yes, we are collectors, and I'm so pumped to have you here. You are a longtime listener, a day one listener, if you will. Stand up. Let me salute you. Appreciate you. If you're new to the show, maybe you are tired of losing your ass and buying cards that you don't give a shit about and you want to rekindle a little bit of connection with collecting cards, welcome. We're happy to have you here too. I want to also say thank you to the unofficial sponsor for episode 299. Thank you to the fine people at Hoka. I want to thank Hoka and their Aura Recovery Slides. I wear them every day. I am a runner. I'm on my feet. And when I'm at the crib and I'm doing work from my office, walking down the stairs, walking around the house, I don't do it bare feet, but barefoot. I don't do it with socks. I don't have shoes on in the house. I have the Hoka Aura Recovery Slides. So if you're looking to alleviate some of the stress on your legs, this is a good alternative. And you know this is your hobby, content alternative. So we're always pumping products that'll enhance your life and make your existence better and talk about making your existence better. It has been a doozy over here at the Stacking Slabs headquarters this week. We have had a sick house. It has not been fun. Um, trying to get everyone back to health. It's a carousel. There's constant sickness. There's constant uh, people down for the count. Um, so what we do is we just try to rally the troops and try to make sure that everyone is taken care of. And so we're getting back to normal once again. But that unfortunately caused me to miss the opportunity to walk down the street and go to the combine. Was not able to go inside Lucas Oil like I had planned, although I did spend a large majority of my time sitting in front of the television watching these ridiculous athletes do their testing, jump, run, bench press, throw footballs, catch footballs, all of the above. And I was probably more locked in than ever before. Um, because my fandom has taken over. And I think it's an interesting time just as a Indianapolis Colts fan. When we selected Andrew Luck and when we selected Peyton Manning, it was sure fire. And so much of that, those selections translate into my collecting. Primary PCs for me, Luck, Manning, always buying cards, continuing to buy cards because they make me feel something special. Now we're in this position, a little bit of a wild card scenario where you've got four quarterbacks, you've got the movement opportunity of it all, Colts are sitting at four, Bears are dangling the pick, it seems like everybody in the top 10 needs a quarterback, I think you've got the crazy dynamic of Chris Ballard's job essentially probably being on the line and having to hit, you've got Shane Steichen coming in who is uh, has a remarkable track record with Philip Rivers, Justin Herbert, and then we all saw what Jalen Hurts turned into. And I'm no pro scout, so I'm not going to sit up here and saying Colts need to do this and this is why they need to do it. I actually don't know what I want them to do. And this is one of those times as a fan to trust in the leadership, make sure that they select the right guy. And to that guy, 
helps make me really happy as a fan on Sundays. And also that guy becomes something that someone that I collect alongside the Manning, alongside the luck. And it's not a, you know, a year drop uh, like so much of uh, the quarterback carousel that has been going on in my collecting uh, hemisphere. So I'm fired up. I think just regardless of Colts, regardless of who you're drafting, so many shoes still are left to drop this season, right? We've got the Aaron Rodgers of it all, and maybe we'll have clarity by clarity by the time this episode goes live. Who knows? You got Derek Carr in Indianapolis. You got franchise tags getting ready to be thrown out. Daniel Jones wanting $45 million plus. You got Lamar Jackson in that whole thing. It is a year-round sport, and we are seeing it on full display. My mind, time, energy has been consumed with all the content, and I absolutely love it. So if you're out there, there's so much movement coming on, going around. There's always something to follow, so so much to be interested in, and honestly, so much to think about from a collecting perspective. And I just love football, and I also love wrestling. It's WrestleMania season. I'll say this. A lot of things have been front and center on the wrestling card market. For me, I'm not an I'm not an immaculate guy. I know a lot of people are and people are fired up and getting jacked up about that. Happy for that group of people. Um not necessarily my bag. I look at my I like to cross-reference my football collecting with my wrestling collecting and there's really I don't have any football immaculates. I'm just not interested in the product. So I'm sitting here waiting for the new prism to drop. I don't know if there's anyone else out there who is waiting for the the new pr- prism images were are being shown and I I'm just a prism guy. So I'm like, I need the shiny stuff. So I'm excited to see that product come around. Things are rearing up as I'm sitting here right now. I'm getting ready to watch AEW revolution tonight. Always love a good AEW pay-per-view shout out to all of you wrestling degenerates and wrestling card collectors who tune into the stacking slabs podcast every week. Wrestling is always an escape from the escape and it's just a ton of fun. I like like it how it makes me feel like I am a child. I want to thank my man, Danny, modest card collector. I will say, I can't remember a time I got so much, so many DMs, so much feedback on an episode. And I think it was because the episode struck the chord with many of you. There was stories and there was passion. And how about that David Cohn PMG story and the assist from Justin Volinency cards? Uh, it's what the hobby is all about. And I was so excited that the episode ended that way. And I think people like Danny are the foundation for the long-term sustainability of our hobby. And I don't want us to lose sight of that. And I know if you're listening to the show, you're probably listening to this because it's a little different than some of the other stuff that's going around and probably because we like to focus in a little bit more on collecting than some of the other stuff. But bringing those stories to the table, bringing those stories to life really gives me confidence on where our hobby is going. And what we're going to talk about in this episode is there is a direction that the hobby is headed and it's an undeniable direction and there's nothing we can do anything any we can't do anything about it as collectors it's just the way the business and the mainstream is moving things now i'm not necessarily saying it's going to be all bad but i will say that we need to be mindful about the power that we have as collectors and we need to vocalize the importance of long-term sustainability and our position in that long-term sustainability of our hobby in that comes from us. That comes from the people who get a paycheck every week and we spend our money on cards because 
We love cards and we want those cards to sit in our PCs because they tell stories and remind us of times in our connection with sports, our connections with our family, our connections with our favorite teams, and that is what it's all about. And I'm fucking fired up. We have episode 300 of the Stacking Slabs podcast coming out on Friday. And the guest for that episode, it's no one in particular. It is going to be a guestless 300. The guests are going to be several members of the community. And what I did this past week, and I was thinking about it, I was trying to sit and I was like, all right, I have an episode 300, which is a milestone episode. I definitely want to celebrate this at some level in some capacity. So what do I do as the show host? And I thought through, do I bring several people on? How do I do this? And what I did is I just called to the community and just basically said, hey, I would love as many of you as possible to share an audio clip and talk about what is something that you've learned that you'd like to share with your the community um, while collecting. And so that's what we'll do. I opened up my inbox before I hit record on this and had some submissions. Hopefully maybe we get some more. I'm going to share a little perspective obviously, but it's going to be a episode 300 is going to be a little different than your standard Friday conversation. We will return to regular standard programming after that, but really excited to bring some voices, curate some thoughts. I think this is a show for the collector and how the collector operates in a rule of, in a world of uh, hobby nonsense and distraction most of the time. I think what happens at underneath the surface of the hobby is the core, and that is you, the person who's out there collecting, trading, buying, doing your damn thing. And so, what I want to do is make sure I, in my role, facilitate the best. 300 episode possible. And the way we're going to do that is share some of your voices. So I'm fired up. You all down. I'm down. Hopefully you come back around, tune in and make sure you tell a damn friend about the Stacking Slabs podcast. What I will say, and I want to get into this a little bit, maybe this will segue into some of what we're talking about, but can't get this out of my mind, everybody. I cannot get this out of my mind and just need to continue to repeat it, need to continue to share, because I think this is a pivotal moment in the hobby. And if I can be an individual that has the opportunity to stress this to anyone who's listening, then I'm going to. I can't get over the Patrick Mahomes of it all and what's happened in the last year if you're looking at his card market. I opened up the card ladder Looking at his index, 273 cards, a large range of cards, 273. And over the last three months, it is down 22.5%. You know, and everything's down, right? Everything, it seems that way. But like, what is the reason? And we can't always just fall back on like the economic conditions and this and that. People are still spending a lot of money on cards. You see it every day. And I think about this, and for me, it going down and everything going down is probably because most everything was too far up and pushed up. If you look at a guy like Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, you're going to go out and you're going to collect somebody or invest in somebody and do what everyone on the internet tells you to do and hype these guys up and buy on speculation. Patrick Mahomes did absolutely everything he possibly could do as a player in his position to check boxes, 
and to have his cards in market elevate more than they already would. The problem is, is not a lot of people talk about how most of the time these championships are baked in, these accolades are baked in, and this bubble eventually bursts. And so you have a guy who won the regular season MVP, the guy who won a Super Bowl, second Super Bowl in a miraculous way, Super Bowl MVP. And and as someone, as I'm a collector, and I'm looking at significant players, players that I think are awesome and players that I want a, a part of my collection at some level, I look at a Patrick Mahomes and I'm like, damn, like there are a lot of cards that I like to collect that are in my range right now of what I feel comfortable spending on. And that just seems wild to me. And I think the reason why I sit in this position now as someone who's bought a Patrick Mahomes card and maybe might buy some more down the road is that you had pump culture just pumping up. And it's not just Mahomes. It's so many others. It's constant. You pump, pump, pump. You've got these cook groups, these groups of individuals that are out there that are trying to inflate certain player markets. They're trying to inflate certain segments of the market. And we can, I mean, just Marvel cards, everybody, just look at fucking Marvel cards. Look at what they've done. And it's constant. And and this has been going on before, during the pandemic, and people are leaving. And so it's what's sad is that so much of what, we as collectors look at a alternative asset like NFTs and look and say, look at this bullshit. Look at these things being propped up. Look at these this marketing scheme. Look at this stuff being inflated. Some of the same bad actors have been involved in our hobby doing the exact same thing. And now people who bought at those high at those tops are now paying for it. And that's why you continually see amazing cards of amazing players like Patrick Mahomes cut in half. Manufacturing and manufacturing these arbitrage opportunities is it, it grinds my gears. And people trying to take advantage of others, and it's not. It, people say it's cute, and people say, you know, this is what I'm going to do. And if that's the narrative, and if that's how you want to go create content, and that's how, who you want to be, and the brand you want to build, go go do it. But to me, it just puts my antennas up, and it makes me more cautious than ever. And as I have a show and this show is for collecting sports cards and it's for people who have actual passion and don't have come to this hobby with ulterior motives and don't come to this hobby, try to take advantage of it. What I'm going to do on this platform is do whatever I can to share my thoughts and my perspectives on what I'm saying on a regular basis. So for as much passion and conviction that you have around buying players and cards, there are 10 other people that are trying to take advantage of that. So I think we, as a community of collectors, need to continue to operate with intelligence. We need to share what we're learning with other people. And if I can contribute to that and be a part of the conversation, then I'm doing my damn job. I want to talk about the mainstream. And I want to talk about an article that I read from Sports Collectors Daily. And it was about the fanatics of it all and the undeniable changes that are happening in our hobby via Fanatics. And let's talk a little bit about Fanatics Live 
So Fanatics Live has a new leader, Nick Bell. Nick Bell is a former executive at Snap, um, Snapchat, if you will, in Google, and he is now the CEO of Fanatics Live. So a little bit from this article is they are looking to transform the existing meet and greet uh, to live streaming for cards and collectibles. And so Fanatics plans to host live events led by digital content creators and much of that will be focused on box breaks. Um, We all know what breaks are. Um, And according to reports by various financial financial outlets on Thursday of last week, viewers will buy cards directly on the Fanatics app and website through a revenue sharing agreement with certain breakers. And here is the quote. The quote is from Nick Bell is all collectors are fans, but not all fans are collectors. We have a big opportunity to really grow the hobby by bringing in people who wouldn't necessarily classify themselves as collectors today and open them up to this hobby by way of entertainment and community where they can hang around like-minded people. Okay, so there's a lot to unpack there. And you are probably having some thoughts go on through your head. And I'm wondering if our thoughts are aligned or not. And it's fine if they're not. But I'm going to share my perspective on this news and what I think it means. So let me start here. I believe breaking serves a purpose and breaking has a place in the hobby. I understand breaking's ability to bring in and attract a new audience type. I think my concern is that breaking is gambling. There's no way around it that it, it, it is what it is. And so we're leveraging gambling to attract new audience members. The thing as a operator that I can't look past is the retention component. And maybe there'll be more information that will be shared out, but I'm trying to think and connect the dots for the journey because you're not going to get new people to come in and just be exposed to breaking and just break and lose their ass and they're going to stay in the, the hobby and that's going to grow the hobby. That's not how it works. And it's not it's it's naive to think that's what it's going to be and I would like to think that you've got these really important people that are super successful that are inter- on the entertainment side who know how to grow a thing or two who are going to come in and be really smart and um, be 10 steps ahead of me. I, I, I hope that. But what I think should be stated is breaking does not automatically create collectors. That is bullshit. And it does not automatically grow the hobby. That is bullshit. It likely causes more to leave when it's the entry point. I think it's the same excitement as sitting at a roulette table and gambling, but it also is the same pain. Think about this, everybody. We so often you buy into box breaks and you leave with nothing, or you leave with a bunch of cards you don't give a shit about. That's not retention. That's not growing the hobby. Like leave with cards that, or you leave with cards that you sell for a percentage of what you bought in for the break for. Doesn't seem to me that that's the best way to find organic growth. And I think finding growth is not easy. Finding growth is a challenge. It is really freaking hard and it takes more people 
who want to spend money on cards than there are people who want to use cards as a vehicle to access money. A little personal stuff here. I could go sell my collection today, likely be able to net thousands of dollars, and that would come on the other side. But I would have absolutely no idea what to do with the money because all I really want to do is spend that money on cards. I don't want to take my money. I don't want to go on vacations. I don't want to take my money. I don't want to buy a new pair of shoes. I don't want to go take my money and buy a Gucci jumpsuit. I don't like, I don't give a shit about any of that. What I care about is sports cards. And we need to find more people, likely the listeners of the Stacking Slab show, who think like that. One thing that often gets neglected and never gets talked about, and it's unbelievable to me, to me is the education component. Think about the episode that I had with Andy from the Indie Card Exchange. He is the most anti-transactional business owner operator I think I've ever met. He uses his storefront as an opportunity to educate people coming in on new product. Think about content. There are more people creating content in sports cards and in the hobby that fanatics would label as digital influencers or personalities. It feels like I'm on an island most of the time talking about collecting because hardly anyone else is. Everyone is talking about the new shiny toy. Everyone's content sounds the same. And this is what we're thinking as a mainstream industry. This is what we're thinking is the recipe to grow the hobby. I can tell you quite frankly right now is someone like me who has a family, who has kids, who's grinding, working their ass off, making money and using my disposable income to buy cards doesn't give a flying shit about someone who's in a jersey, wearing sunglasses, yelling at their iPhone, breaking cards of rookies that aren't going to be amounting to shit and propping something up. And that's just me. I'm just one person. But I would imagine based on three years of passion, collecting, and doing this show, there's a lot of other people that don't give a shit about that either. I think There's absolutely nothing we can do to change what's in flight and what's happening. There's too much money going on, too much vested interest. And I don't think it's all bad either. I don't. I work in technology and I work in a system that's all about change all the time. And one thing that I've learned that in order to grow, you can't lose sight of your base and your base of customers that got you in the position of where you are today. And the thing that got us all in the position of where we're at today, sitting, collecting cards that are worth money and are valuable is because there are collectors and we cannot lose sight of that. And I hope fanatics or other companies controlling the hobby don't lose sight of that. And people who are spending money out of their paychecks to grab pieces who aren't just going to flip it. And so I'm excited. I'm on the sidelines. I got my popcorn out. I might be a little Siskel and Ebert when it comes to commentary on things I'm seeing and what I'm what other people are saying about how they grow the hobby. And I work in growth and I work in change. And I'm saying right now from things that I'm hearing on a regular basis is there's a lot of holes in what I'm hearing publicly. So I'm hoping behind the scenes, these really smart people who are very successful have this full whole thing planned out. The one thing that I can sure as hell tell you is no one is asking me questions and I'm assuming no one is asking you questions. And we are the people that are the foundation of keeping this thing floating through the good times and in bad times. I want to close out here and talk a little bit about selflessness. And I think selflessness is always a key attribute to the best collectors that I meet. I think it's, we hear this all the time and it's better to give than receive. And I think about this from a 
Christmas perspective and always thought it was bullshit. But then you have a kid and realize what it's really all about. And I think giving is an act of kindness. And this is an escape. There's no time for BS. But we all have all the time in the world for kindness. So shouldn't we be kind to each other? Life is too stressful. The more we give, the more you get. And most people want to take. And that's what I see regularly in the hobby. People trying to take advantage. People trying to get more. There's so much greed. And I think the opportunity that stands out is the opportunity to give. And a great way to give in the hobby is to understand opportunities that help. But it doesn't always need to involve money. It doesn't even really need to involve time. But we need to have recognition. And we have recognition for what people collect around us. And there's always opportunity in a very small way when you see something that you see out there in a marketplace and it's a card that triggers a memory of a collector in the community and you think this might be something that they like, to always share that with them. That is how people get cards. And some of the best cards that I have in my collection is comes from listings that came directly from DMs of other people. That is kind. That is selfless. That is how we should operate. And that's what the hobby is all about. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to listen to me rant and rave about sports cards and collecting. I love this shit. It's so much fun. Really appreciate it. We have episode 300 coming on the other side of this. Thank you so much for being a part of this journey. We'll talk to you soon.